Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday to you. It is a uh, I'm just glad it's Friday. It's been a very long week, but we have a very special show for you today. I am joined by Mr. Jeff Bull. Jeff Bull is a husband. He's a father. He's a technology educator. He uh, spends most of his days in, in an enterprise technology field, just like me. So we have very similar backgrounds from a professional perspective. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, outside of, of, of those aspects, he's into a lot of good stuff. He's into craft beer. He's into live streaming, which is where we initially met. So we'll talk about tips, tricks, best practices, and some of the uh, aspects that he's learned. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about comic books, maybe. He, he's, he's a comic guy. And like like I said, craft beer. I've already got mine. We were a little late because Jeff had to go get his beer. But I was able to stall effectively until he is ready. And I'm still stalling now. He is actually back at his table. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Fool. How you doing, brother? I am fantastic. Happy Friday, man. How are you? Like you said, I am so glad it's Friday because <laughs> it, it it's like I, I told someone during a meeting yesterday, it's like Groundhog's Day, right? And and every day just seems to keep going and going. And now that we don't have a commute, Zoom calls just start at 6 a.m. and oh. for some reason don't end, right? I, I <laughs> until 8 p.m. <laughs> so I, so I, I have logged off and I, I there may be some folks at the, at the day job watching because we're, we're streaming on LinkedIn right now. And, you know, LinkedIn sends out a notification to everyone that's in your network that you're you're live now. So shouts out I'm to the folks at, 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 the, at the day job. <laughs> it's all good. Like half the people, more than half the people I work with are either here in the West Coast, on the East Coast, in Amir, wherever. It's fine. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. I love it. So Jeff, tell the folks who you are, you know, in, in our industry, we, we use the term elevator pitch. Give, give everyone the, oh, the Jeff bull elevator pitch. That's a great. Um, okay. So I'll give you the one that I love using on, on YouTube and other places, which is I love help. I love helping people take their passions or figure out what their passions are and bring them to what they do every day. And kind of what I, it sounds kind of existential, but what I mean by that is there are things that you are, that there's things that you like doing your hobbies, things that you love doing, whatever those happen to be. But then there's your actual passions, the things that, that make you get up every morning and go do whatever you're going to do. So 
I'm what I like to help people figure out is what are those passions? So here's an example of what it isn't. Um, I had someone ask me this the other day. I'm like, Hey, I love playing disc golf, but I'm not going to make a career out of playing disc golf or Frisbee golf every single day. What I am passionate about doing is helping other people figure out like how to use their time throughout the day so they can feel good about what they do. Or I have someone I work with right now who um, is extremely passionate about teaching other people a particular way of automating processes. He just absolutely loves doing that. Perfect. So how can we help you find a thing, find a, a role or some tasks to go do more of that lets you take that passion and do it all the time. Um, and it's something I, I, part of the reason why I do the type of content that I do on YouTube, because it's varied, look at my channel and it's, it's all kinds of, it feels like it's all kinds of different stuff, but the, the idea for it of it for me is I'm bringing the passions that I love that I have, that I finally given myself permission to just go do and bring them. And so subtly what I'm hoping to do is influence people to see that it, you don't have to be just one thing. You don't have to create either content or what have you. That is just the single thing. Like I do my at home show. We can talk about that at some point if we want. I do this at home show. um, And I also do a star Wars live stream that I just kicked off. I do another one. That's about studio gear here in my studio, my shed Um, things like that. They're all different. They're very different. They're all different parts of who I am. But what I'm hoping to subtly influence people to see is that those are just parts of who I am and the pieces of who you are. You should go do more of that, whether it's, manifest in a video on YouTube or something you do at work, whatever. It's far more than an elevator pitch, but I really just kind of wanted to reinforce that. Like the idea is if you are passionate about something, try to understand what that is and then find ways to do that or bring that to what you do every day. It's not about make a living out of what you love. I I think that's a bad idea. What I think is a great Mm -hmm. idea is find a role that you can do where you can bring yourself to it because that's going to make you love what you, how you go about doing that every single day. And that's the best you can hope for, I think. I agree. I agree. And and I, I iterate uh, some of that as, as well to some of my teams as well. You know, if you if you don't like what you're doing, if you're not in love with, if you don't have passion about what you do, either on a professional on a, on a, or on a personal basis, you're doing the wrong thing, right? Don't, don't waste, waste your time doing something. Again, if you can't put your all into it, you can't be um, completely 100%. satisfied with what you're doing. If you can't be proud of what you're doing you're doing the wrong thing. Step off mm-hmm. and do something else because there, there's just literally no time to be spinning wheels and being unhappy. As, and especially when, you, when, when you've got a lot of extra mm-hmm. external forces on you, right? Like, like right now, right? We're all locked down. We were, we were talking before we went online. We're typically flying all over the country, right? Giving speeches or whatever the case may be. And we're, we're used to speaking with crowds. Mm-hmm. We're, we don't do that now. Why? Yeah. Because we're in a pandemic. We're locked in, in our own houses and, everyone's mindset has changed. So there's a lot of mental health issues there. But, and what I really appreciate about what you just said right now is that, yeah, from a nine to five basis, right? You're enterprise IT, enterprise technology, but that doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You've you've got all these different other aspects you're doing and you're bringing out your personality. You're, you're utilizing platforms to say, this is who Jeff Bull is. I, I, do home brewing. I, I talk star mm-hmm. Wars. I do, I read comic books. I, I do all of those other things. And this is, this encompasses all of me. So I really love that and appreciate I, that. I do. It, it, you bring up something so important. And so at least it's been super important to me. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned it, which is when I, so I work at Cisco. I've been there for I don't know, five and a half years, give or take. And up until October of last year, I've been in sales, various like sales engineering roles. So like, you know, I was the technical counterpart to an account manager being out and selling things. And then I was an, a manager of other technical counterparts as well. 
and I moved into this new role um, in October of last year where I moved out of sales and into a corporate IT or corporate position, but it's still related to doing the things on a regular basis. And what's interesting is that to me, when I first did this, I saw it as a big pivot in my career. And I talked to people that I knew that were like, dude, you're still kind of the same thing. You're just not selling. I'm like, you're right. I'm not in a sales role. I'm not compensated like I'm in sales, et cetera. But that's not why it's such a big deal for me is I feel like now in this new role, I can 100% be myself all the time. Tattoos, this stuff, whatever. It may seem superficial to a lot of people. And that's totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. But for me, it's the first time in my adult life, in my career, I felt like I can actually allow myself to be viewed as myself literally all the time. Wow. And that's okay. And for me, that was a, that was a big deal. That was a pivot in my career. We were talking about this before. Like you mentioned the suit thing and I didn't say it at the time, but like, I hate wearing suits. Like it's it, like, I, it, it, like I have two sport coats and I, I've, I would probably have them forever because they, I just don't wear them very much, but that's okay because wh- there's right times for that stuff for yeah. me at least. Um, but it's not who I am. And I'm finally in a role where I don't have to, I don't have to do a thing because that's the thing you're supposed to do. I get to do, I get to be me as long as I'm putting out there the stuff that is needed to run the, what we do, yeah. I can just be me all the time. And that feels really good. It, it, it you know, it, yeah. it, it's just don't like you get stuck on certain days because you always will, but you can feel like, Oh man, I'm, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing things the way I like doing them. All right. I can own this. And you know, a, a lot of organizations, I think, especially in enterprise IT, right? Like you said, you were, you were at Francisco, uh, mentioned, you know, I, I work for Dell. I've been there for a while and I gave, uh, like I said, HP 20 years. And my, that's why I'm all gray right now because I was at HP for 20 years. Ago. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and then the, the, the 10 years that I gave Mr. Jobs at Apple, those, those were, uh, you know, very formative years as well. But a lot of industries, especially IT enterprise technology, they're allowing their employees and their staff to show individualism. Mm-hmm. Right. So Dell was actually early on in terms of having a work from home type of scenario or, or workplace. Right. So so we were already geared for that. We we already had our laptops and our monitors and our and our remote connectivity because, again, that was just already already set up. So falling into 2020 because of the lockdown was was less of a challenge for for a lot of folks again my organization and i think maybe even at cisco or maybe even at something Mm -hmm. like a microsoft or some other organizations but i do like the fact that again today we can actually be ourselves i can be on a zoom call with a hat on with with a hoodie on and 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 be myself do the jazz hands like like i like i tell my kids that i do all all day (laughs) but have the content come out and have the message come out and still be seen as a subject matter expert as as a as an evangelist for whatever I'm talking about. So I, I I hope that translates to a lot of other companies, a lot of other organizations, because and I hate saying the term new normal, but I, I think as we continue to progress, that's just going to be how it needs to be. Folks yeah. are being remote, showing their own personality, being comfortable in whatever their message is. And, 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 and you can still, again, have that authority, but oh, yeah. uh, that, that that's, that's just who we are now and, and what we do. So, um, it's an interesting topic that you bring up. Um, I, I thought about this a lot and I, I 100% agree with you. The, the fact that more and more companies have adopted this, this idea that, you know, be at home, like you said, hoodie on, hat on, t-shirt yeah. on, what, whatever it is. And you can still, you are still you and you are still putting out the same content or message or, you know, whatever you need to for your, the person on the other side of that Zoom call, the WebEx or whatever you're on. And what's, I think what's kind of a, 
an interesting thing to think about is when we do go back to some kind of hybrid work environment where we're in offices periodically or what have you, whatever that looks like, my hope is that the idea of like, we don't just have this, the, the kind of stereotypical startup culture and then corporate where like they're flexible and nimble and dynamic and everyone's unique and special and lunches are brought in and then here's your cubicle farm and there's nothing in between. Yeah. I think yeah. I hope and what I'm seeing a lot of is the individualism that this is bringing out in so many more people because companies are many companies are, are willing to embrace that. Mm-hmm. My hope is that it translates organically back into some sort of setting in the office so that more people just like, no, I'm just going to be myself when I show up and I'm going to make my career decisions based on whether I feel like I can be myself when I show up, because it's so important that it's not just that you are yourself, but you can feel comfortable in who you are. Cause that, that starts to, that's a very early step in getting people to work through more like diversity type challenges and things Mm -hmm. like that. Because the more that we can see each other as who we actually are, the more we can start to have empathy and open communication and all that type of stuff, which doesn't just help people, but helps the businesses too. It's a baby step because there's a lot more that has to be tackled for that, but it's a, it's an early step. And I'm really hoping, I'm really hopeful that this is the beginning of that sort of change. Cause I think that's, that's really needed. I, I tell folks, you know, there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's a, not necessarily a train coming barreling down on us. So. <laughs> <laughs> so true, man. So, 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 true. So, yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, let's pivot just a little bit. Let, let's start. So we talked a little bit of enterprise IT and, and you know what? I may invite you on another show that I have called the uh, Technologist Forum because we, we, we can definitely get into the weeds oh, and start totally. talking about uh, what well, you, you got. Your, see. I mentioned WebEx and I apologize. And then you, oh. you corrected me. No, no, no. It's no, cool. I, no, I, no I, I mentioned Zoom and then you corrected me and said WebEx. I said, oh, yeah, Cisco owns, oh, owns no. on WebEx. And I, I thought about that. <laughs> I, I, I apologize on that. Oh, my God. Faux pas. Faux pas. It's all good. Um, it's all good. But I, I, I'm not sure if they're watching. And kind of we talked about this again before we went online. <laughs> but I'm going to start Messages, messages in my chat over here. Jeff, I've, I've what, are you doing? what are you doing? <laughs> no, we, we talked about your shirt and, and your shirt means a lot to me just for those mm-hmm. initials. And again, I, I may get some messages from folks watching think, want, wanting to understand that. It doesn't mean what I thought it means, but tell tell the folks what your shirt means and then totally. I'll, I'll explain it. So if you're, whether or not you're in the realm of computer networking or, you know, you know just network technology. So BGP is a, a routing protocol that stands for border gateway protocol. Um, so once you know that it the route it, the command to actually turn on or to enter a route into a router is route BGP or it's part of the command line that you use. So the route BGP route sixty six, you know, it kind of makes sense. It's it's from a company called Thousand Eyes that Cisco acquired a year or so ago, but they've been around for a while now, and they just make really legit T-shirts. And I love collecting <laughs> fun T-shirts like this because it makes people ask you a question, and it's kind of a good conversation starter, which is fun for video. So. I was trying to pick what shirt to wear for this and like, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to wear what I've been wearing all day. And they're like, Oh, I'm like, when I knew your background and what you did professionally and I'm like, Oh, well then you'll get this. And yes, this will be perfect. I, I did. But see, of course, as soon as you came on camera, I, I deviated and, and, and had a flashback because my family and friends that are watching know I used to work for a company called BGP, Bill Graham right. presents. 
which was acquired by Clear Channel Entertainment. So did live event promotions and security. So I, I did that for a number of years as well. And I immediately thought, oh, my God, have I seen this guy at a concert? And then did I have him arrested <laughs> and thrown out for trying to jump on stage or something? That, that would just be very I mean, awkward. If, if I'm not, I'm not going to say it didn't happen. But, you know, if you if you were at the Metallica show in Berkeley and you tried to jump on stage, if you were the guy that we had arrested, I, I would really feel awkward right now. I can neither confirm nor deny the, these events occurred. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> How is 2020, the new start of 21, affecting your family? Your dad. You got you got you got a young one at the house. How is that uh, transition or uh, difference? Uh, uh, how is that affecting the family life right now? I, I'm always interested to hear about yeah. folks with, with with kids and how they're. It's a really coping and dealing. It's, oh, totally, man. It's a it's really interesting that you not just that you asked, but it's kind of an interesting year, and everyone's got their own interesting story for sure. Our 2020 was. It was weird, but not for the reasons that I think affected a lot of people. I was, I mean, as you know, like even in whatever role in sales you're in, at the end of the day, you're still, you still work remote a lot because yeah. of the nature of what you do. You're not always just driving to customer sites and talking to customers or in your guest partners, your customer, like you're not always doing that. There, there are times where you're at home doing things or in a coffee shop or what have you. So being remote and at the time, I so I live in the Bay Area, you know, generally around where you live or, or kind of relatively mm-hmm. in the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. I used to live in the North Bay, kind of in wine country. So I would have to commute down into the Bay Area all the time anyway. Um, and so when we moved to the East Bay, I was working remote a lot. Like we have an office in the kind of in the East Bay, but I'd go there a few days a week, but I would, I would work from home just as often because it didn't really matter a lot. So when, when this first happened and the stay-at-home order came in for California, it wasn't too foreign for me. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of already home. I had just mm-hmm. built this shed to work, to have like a cool studio that I was doing at home anyway. I'm like, okay, well, I got my own space to work. This isn't, I'm lucky this isn't a huge deal for me. My wife runs her own business, so she's in the office in the house. The hard part was though, yeah, as a dad, my son was home because school's closed down for a couple months. Yeah. Even though he's five, so he's in sort of like a preschool, which is considered daycare, they didn't open back up to non-essential workers' kids for a while, which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to navigate that a bit. And it was hard because she's like, look, I'm trying to work and I'm being like default parent. You're out there in meetings all day. So I had to really – it was the first iteration that happened for us is I had to sit back and – for myself, I had to say, I need to realize that my day is not more important than her day. And we – I had to tell myself and remind myself that – it was a humbling experience for me because I had to really empathize with, with the position she was in. So that was like the first major hurdle we had to deal with. Um, major is probably an overstatement, but we dealt with it and we got through it. We figured out, no, these are the hours I have. I blocked off two chunks every day on my calendar. No one could book anything on them. And those are the times I'm in the house with him. We do whatever we're going to do so she can get her job done. Yeah. And so then he went back to school shortly after and some sense of normalcy came back because we're at least working and he's in his school and no big deal. But what really tripped us up later in the year is, um, and you probably didn't know this, and this is, it's just a thing. I don't talk about it a ton. My wife was diagnosed with cancer late mm. uh, mid last year. Okay. And so um, she went through cancer treatment. So for a while there, uh, for about six weeks, she was in treatment. And so she couldn't do anything. She couldn't move, get out of bed. She was sleeping all the time. So it was, well, he was in school. It was fine. But on the weekends, I was, it was just me. Right. Um, okay. That made it, that made it really tough. Um, not mm. because I couldn't, be around a five-year-old, you know, on a weekends, it's fine. I could deal with it. Um, I love being around him and spending time with us. I say deal with it. Not like it was hard to be a dad, but 
anybody who's a parent knows like it's it, yeah, yeah if i grow yeah. it by yourself it's not an easy thing to do if you keep you active for sure yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah um so that was i think that was the hardest part but what helped is when she finally started getting better to the point that she feel, felt more like herself again after the treatments ended mm-hmm. the two of us finally sat down and we were out in the front yard my son's just playing with uh you know playing around in the front yard and she and i got talking and we both just started having a conversation about what sucked last year but then what we led to was like, but what good stuff actually came out of it? And we realized that as bad as the bad things were last year, the good things actually were pretty cool. Like I started live streaming a ton. She revamped her entire business and it's feel, she's feeling completely motivated now at this point to get, she's got this whole business thing going on. Awesome. I got a new job that I feel amazing at. I feel just so much more like myself all the time. So yeah, the bad was pretty bad. Yeah. But the good actually was pretty damn good. It couldn't have looked at that in May or June last year, exactly, but in exactly. October, November, it's a different thing. And it was nice. To, it felt good. So I, I don't want to say that 2020 was a good year because I can't say that, but yeah. I can say that we walked out of it, both of us feeling like, you know what, this was not as bad as we thought it was. And a lot of the bad stuff we can put behind us because the good, you said earlier, that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I can see that there's all the kind of the crappy things around it, but I can still see that light and it's there and it's getting brighter all the time you know what? And it's a lot easier today to focus on that than it was six months ago, which that, I'm going to take that. I'll just, I, that's what I got to stick to. Take that to the bank all day. And, you know, I, I appreciate you telling that story. And, and I really um, wanted to hear that from someone who's a father of, of the younger kids, right? So, so my, my, mm-hmm. my kids are, are, how old is Isaiah? Isaiah's so six, 16 <laughs> and 16 and 19. I've got, two, they're, they're a little bit older, right? <laughs> but I, I really wanted to hear the perspective of someone going through it with someone who is asking the question, well, why can't I go to school? Well, why do I have to stay home? Why can't I go play with my friends? Why do mm-hmm. I, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? What, yeah. When you have to have that type of a conversation yep, with absolutely. someone, they, they see everything and they absorb and soak it in, as, as you know. But again, you have to ask, you have to answer diff- a different level of question from, mm-hmm. from, from the young adult. But um, more importantly, I want to say, uh, I'm glad your wife's feeling better. Thank you. So, yeah, so She's that, doing much, much better these days. She still yeah. has to wait until I think June to find out for sure if it's how much they got because she's in a trial for it, but yeah. she can't feel the tumor anymore. She's feeling Beautiful. much more like herself on every single day. So Beautiful. No complaints. I, I say we segue and have a drink to that. And then Dude, we, and we and we talk about uh your your home brew and crafting oh, aspect. Man. Well cheers. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm drinking. So I'm drinking this what is you- brand new. What is it? I opened it up specifically for you because you are a uh, home brew guy. It is a Sierra Nevada coffee stout. Ooh, nice. I've never had this. Uh, My wife bought it. She, you know, she bought some fancy beers at one time. And, you know, I, what is, how how potent is this? 6.2. Yeah. It's that's about right. right. It's close to five. You know, yeah. again, if, if my, if my director's watching, I feel like this is a okay. moment. Like 13 parsecs. No, not if you don't run down. Just got to round down. <laughs> I'm down. It's fine. It's closer to five than 10. So, you know. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> right. We, we follow the sun, right? We, we, we exactly. use that term in our, in our industry, follow the sun. So Exactly. Um, so what, what what are you what are you drinking over there? And, 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 and talk a little bit about your uh, craft brewing aspect. Yeah, dude, you got it. Um, so brewery is um, Tilted Mash Brewing. Um, I've started picking it up. There's a place here in Concord called the Concord. Um, what are they called? Oh, craft beer. Concord Craft Beer. It's a new a new store. A little they took over an old like uh, liquor store, and it's like they've revamped it to like 
all kinds of craft beers. Um, and so I stop by there periodically, social distance and all that to pick up some new stuff. And I always pick up some, they only do tall boys and they all do. It's always weird, unique stuff. So this is called uh, Yamba juice or sorry, Yamba use. It's an orange creamsicle. They say, um, what does it say? It's an Imperial sour, eight and a half percent. I forget what's actually in it, but seriously, it tastes like, it tastes like one of those hops you got off of the uh, ice cream truck when you were kids. There was yeah. like a creamsicle. This literally tastes like that. It doesn't taste sour. It tastes like ice cream. It's well, wild. eight and a half percent. You're, you're going to be sleeping about forty five minutes. Feel so <laughs> I really hope my life can take care of myself tonight because I don't know how productive I'm going to be at this point. <laughs> yeah, by, by six thirty, you are going to be snoring in the backyard. So I will um, be sitting on the couch with. My Legend of Zelda and the Nintendo Switch, and I'm like, honey, are you feeding the kid? Okay, cool. I'm just gonna play my game. That's all I'm gonna do. No, that will not happen. But it feels feels good to say that. Um, which, which hold on, because you you just peeked something else there. Now we'll we'll get back to your home brewing. Which switch do you have? Do you have the light or do you have the big one? Uh, I think I have the big one. Dude, I didn't I know need, the light. All right, I need to get I need to get one of those. Uh, my daughter's not watching right now because she's at work and been trying to find one of those since last November. Oh, really? So if you know somebody at Nintendo, <laughs> hook your boy up, right? I, I, okay. Look, I'll, I'll pay top dollar, I'll, whatever the case may be. You know, money's no object. I'm I'm, I'm trying to get a couple you. extra cool. Dollars. All right, I'll make some. I know a guy. I'll make some phone calls. And that, that's all I need, brother. Just 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 take care of me. Okay, you got it. You got it. I'm all over it. Um, now, are you are you still brewing at home? So I'm not. Um, I brewed. Um, it's it's actually a really cool story. So it's funny and cool. When my son was born. Um, I actually tried to have a brew day like a month after my son was born. And my wife's like, so wait, you're going to be in the garage for six hours while I'm in the house with a newborn. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be in the house helping you, babe. I promise. That's what it's going to be. That didn't and go over well. I, so I, I stopped, I, I brewed a couple of times after he was born, but I realized pretty quickly that I had been, I want to say in the beer industry, but I had been around like beer adjacent for a long mm-hmm. time. I'd been a beer blogger for a while. It's how I actually got to know like all the, all the breweries and, um, Santa Rosa, like Russian River and all the, all the, yeah, all the ones out there. Yeah. So I have a lot of good friends who work at those breweries or own them, what have you. Okay. Um, and what I found is I actually, I started realizing that my preference was not really for the brewing. It was for drinking, but I don't just mean drinking, but like going to events and participating in those events and like the social relationship aspect yeah. of it. So I went out and got my um, Cicerone. So I, I, I have the level one Cicerone. Okay. And so I started doing homebrew events. I was, because I knew people and folks knew that I did that. I started periodically getting invited to like either homebrewing events to be a judge or to a local beer event, like the battle of the brews and a few others in Santa Rosa. And so I started doing that. And to be honest, I ended up having a lot more fun. I have a, a ton of friends who are still homebrewers. I'm like, great. I sold my 10 gallon system and my keg system and all that to a few friends they got to go use that forever they wanted. And then I just got to go to events and be like a judge or what have you. And it just, it worked out. It was one of those things like my passion wasn't for, it was for creating, but not for creating that. I realized it took me eight years to realize that, but whatever, you know what? Yeah. No big deal. Figured it out. And I started doing the thing I actually really enjoyed. My wife would come with me. We'd go to events all the time. It was, it was a lot of fun, but it actually, it, that whole love is what actually led me to get this, this particular tattoo. You've got hops and barley permanently oh, yeah. tattooed. So this, this sleeve the, you got is a dedicated to brewing. So there's, yeah, there's, there's barley and hops. There's a monk inside, Belgian monk inside brewing. There's a mat, there's a mash ton, there's a kettle, uh, fermenter on there, everything. It's, 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 it's part of you. I it is part that. of me, man. I, I, I love beer, that. The beer industry will always be a part of me, no matter how distant, 
whatever times I get from it, it will always be a huge part of me because it just is. I mean, I, I think I became, I think the friend base that I built when I first moved from Reno, which I'd been in for like 11 years when I, I moved there when I was like 22 years old. So I moved back to California after that. Um, and I became friends with people because I would go to the Whole Foods tap room in Santa Rosa, which was the first tap, first uh, Whole Foods ever that put a tap room in the Whole Foods. Okay. I, I would go there. It was literally two blocks away from my apartment. It was like two blocks from my apartment and two blocks from my work. So it was like, go to work, go to Whole Foods, come home. And that I would sit sense. there and all the local brewers, um, like from Russian River and other places, that's like where they went after work to have beers and just hang out for a little bit and like decompress after a day of work. And the guy who worked at the tap room was a really well-known home brewer that I got to know who opened his own brewery. And so like just being there by proximity, I got to know everybody. Worked out great. It was super so, cool. Let me ask you something. So, cause you, you say something that, that kind of piques some interest there. Um, and, and I wonder if you were in a, in a different environment, would you be as passionate about it? You said that it wasn't necessarily you, you were you were drawn to the social aspects of it, right? Yes. Brewing and, and meeting folks and having conversations. I'm gonna summarize and say learning the process. Yeah, absolutely. If it was you were closer to Napa, if you were closer to the wine country, would would you have gravitated as much towards something like that, or or is there just something about just That's the oh. community of folks in, in in the beer industry? I hadn't thought about it that like that. So I started home brewing when I lived in Reno. Um, you know what? That's a really good point because. When I, the reason I started homebrewing was I got to meet somebody um, and become friends with him. And then the group of people he introduced me to were all homebrewers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I never considered doing this. And so I would go to their house and hang out with them when they brewed. And that's where I started like, oh, maybe I could do this too. I can brew yeah. beer. And that's what led to it. So by the time I came out to Santa Rosa um, and that part of wine country, I was already into beer. Like I would go, my wife was huge in the wine industry as a marketer. So we would go to wine events all the time. Um, and it was fun. I enjoyed the, again, the relationships and the social aspect of it. I never, I've never had an interest in making wine, but I do love talking about the science, but I think you bring up a good point. If I hadn't developed that interest through home brewing at the time, I don't think going to those events would have meant the same thing. I would have gone to them with her and be like, Oh, okay, we're here. Yeah. This yeah, is cool, but another thing. (laughs) yeah, knowing that, but kind of like knowing the science, it's, it's actually why I ended up moving more into baking. Like I still okay. love using a beer and I go to beer events whenever I, well, I used to when I could. Yeah. Um, but that's what got me into baking. I'm like, well, if I'm not going to brew, I still need to do something. And baking, the science is still, it's still, still yeasties and things like that yeah. that you make yourself. I'm like, so I, you know, I make tons of bread and pastries and things all of the time. That's like my new thing because well, it reminds me a lot of beer. You know how to make a cheesecake? Uh, I have never made a cheesecake. But I, I got a guy. I got a guy, my son. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to my 16-year-old son, uh, a good friend of mine. Showed him how – I don't even know the recipe. It, it's so secretive. Like it, It's kind of like a fraternity handshake, right, that they've shared amongst themselves. I don't even know what it is, but my son can make an amazing cheesecake. And when the world Oof. opens back up, I'm driving down down the road and, and dropping you off a uh, Oreo oh, cheesecake. Don't you play with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it. So let me let me ask you this too, because um, mm-hmm. you 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 I'm, I'm not even looking at the questions that I was going to originally ask you because because you, you're picking some, some interest on, on a whole lot of different things and you know you say down there by Russian River so you got the Pliny's down there mm-hmm. and, and you got all that all that wonderful stuff. Understanding and enjoying the process again of of 
making beer, mm -hmm. talking to folks about it, uh, spreading the knowledge, things like that. It, it seems to be that that's kind of, that was some of the foundation for you moving into live streaming, into telling stories on online and, and sharing your knowledge with, with folks. That, that It seems that it, it was almost kind of a cause and effect thing, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that you, you had a new passion, you, 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 were, you were meeting folks, you, you were learning things and you wanted to talk about it. Is, is that kind of where you, you, you started? Because you, you've got a couple of, of really good show topics and, and series going on your channel, which we'll talk about here now. But it, it, was that kind of some of the things that pushed you into absolutely turning yeah. the lights on, firing up a camera and, you know, that, that kind of thing? Definitely. Yeah, it was it started. Um, fun fact is I actually did have a podcast for a hot minute um, back okay. in the day when I lived in Reno. Um, this is probably I've been here for, what, eight years so probably about 14 years ago, give or take, um, I had a beer podcast with a couple friends um, where we would just talk about and have shenanigans over drinking beer for a couple hours. Um, it was fun. We had a really good time with it. It didn't go very far because getting people together at the time, like doing over Skype just really didn't work super well unless you had a lot of equipment. So they'd have to come to my house, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we did it and we did it for a good couple of months and it was a lot of fun. And that's where I originally got the bug like, Ooh, I, maybe I could do that. But I never really had the inkling to sit down to really try to figure out and at the time you needed equipment to do it. Like there wasn't good software, yeah. affordable software to do it yeah. just on your Mac. Um, so it just really didn't work out super well for me, but it, the, the bug was like always there. And I think now that you mentioned that, like, I think maybe subconsciously I was always trying to find a way to do that in some form or take that energy and go do it in other places. Yeah. And so, yeah, when, when um, Lita, the, the live streaming thing that were, we both been a part of at some point, happened for me last April when I saw that come up from live streaming pros, I was like, what the heck is Lita? And I looked into it. I'm like, Oh, well, you know what? I need something. I need a thing to go do right now. And at first I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to do live streaming. Like I, I just maybe want to make some videos and get better at that. Okay. But as I started doing that and then, yeah, all these things started pouring back to me like, well, I could do this topic and I could do that topic and I could try this thing and I could do that other thing. And it just, the motivational energy just kind of picked back up again. And yeah, it had been spurred on by the fact that, I had a passion in the craft beer industry and I knew how to talk about it and I knew how to be around it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I don't do all, any shows right now based off of beer, which is totally fine, but mm -hmm. it, yes, it created, it was a catalyst for giving me the, the, I think the, the energy to feel like, or the permission to feel like I could go do whatever it is I want to go do. And right now all those passions happen to be in other places, but yeah. whatever, like that doesn't matter. Perfect segue. Let's talk about at home. What do you, what do you, what do you got going on? <laughs> I like that. It, it, it was almost like that was planned. But I kind of thought about this ahead yeah. of time. I'll do that. I'll do um, that. So yeah, at home is a show that I started right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I was right when they put the show, the stay at home orders in California. I was talking to my boss in at Cisco at the time, and I kept saying, you know, I feel like other people are. I was a manager, and I I was telling her that I felt like the individual contributors who work for us are really struggling. Some of those I had talked to are like, I'm just not used to being physically in my house all of the time. I used to be on the road and visiting people mm -hmm. and they were struggling with it. And so I came up with the idea of like, what if I could just interview a few folks and put it on YouTube about like how they're dealing with this and start off with some leaders at Cisco, people leaders in the Bay area that people knew who they were to hear from them. Like, Hey, they're dealing with the same kind of problems you're dealing with. And again, try to make that those problems just a little bit smaller or feel a little bit smaller than they were. Cause the pandemic is huge. Like we can't solve that ourselves, but if we can make it feel just, just a touch 
more real for us or more close together for us, maybe it can make, make you feel like it's not so hard to get up in the morning. And so that's where it started. And after the first few months, first few episodes of doing it, it just kind of, kind of became its own thing. I started interviewing other people. I did take a break for a bit when my wife was doing her cancer treatments because it was just too hard to keep the mental energy going to focus on her and help her and do this. But I picked it back up again back in November, December timeframe because I was feeling like, you know what? She's better or not better, but she's feeling more like herself. She's engaging. I need something for me. I got to, I got to start doing something for myself again. So I started, I started doing the interviews and it's, it feels really good because you brought this up already. It's so amazing, especially being at home all the time. When you now we like almost yearn more for these human interactions that we have over Zoom, over WebEx, over over StreamYard, like whatever it happens to be, yeah. connecting even for just a couple of minutes, half an hour makes such a difference, much more so than it ever did before. Because before, like, okay, go get together with my friends and have a couple of drinks. We can do that yeah. whenever. This, it, there's a lot more intention that has to be behind it for this to happen and to really make it effective. Um, and that's, I think, what has been spurring me on to do more of the at-home shows is I want to just bring more of real, more real people and put them in front of other real people to say, look, you're not, you're not so alone out there. Like, yes, your problems may be different than their problems, maybe a lot worse than their problems or less, you know, easier than their problems, but we all having challenges right now. If I can help everyone just see these things, as just a little bit smaller. It's sort of the same thing that a lot of people out there say about politics, where all politics are local politics. When you hear that and you kind of think about what that really means, it, 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 the show, I'm not trying to be political, but the show that I do is intended to sort of be that, like, let's make these things as local as we can. And even if local means, just you and a friend or you yeah. and a colleague over video, then let's do that because it really does help. I, I believe it really does help. No, I, I agree. And, and one aspect about doing these shows and do, doing these engagements is you, you can't fake it, right? I'm, I'm looking right at you, right? I mean, <laughs> you may have a great poker face and I, I don't, but you may have a, but you know, you, you can't fake it when, when you turn again, the lights on and, and the mm-hmm. camera starts recording and a question gets asked, the first thing that comes out of from your mind really comes out um, in, yeah. in terms of the conversation. So you have to be genuine if you're going to do something like this, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a content creator, if you're going to be someone who influences community, they're going to read between and, and see any falseness, any fakeness. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't have that passion and it's, it's very evident in the shows that you do, I could tell you've got the passion for, again, having that message delivered, having folks, tell their story about helping them get through whatever trying times or even good times. I, yeah. I've definitely seen that in, in the shows and um, I've seen the progression as well. So this, this is funny. I've seen the progression of your pr- production. Your, your studio is, is just amazing now. <laughs> that, that's why I'm glad I, I've got the widescreen right now because <laughs> let, let, let's, let's, you know, let, let's get focused for a minute. Let, let's talk about where you are and, and this whole studio lineup. That you have because <laughs> it's you a got fun the, story. You've got the sure. in the background and you got the, the lighting action. Talk to us a little bit about what you got. Oh going. man. Okay. So for, you know this, but for anybody watching the show, I'm actually in a shed in my backyard. So this is an eight by 10 shed that I built. I actually physically constructed myself. I did not design it and I didn't like hand cut all the materials. <laughs> I, I didn't go that far, but I bought the kit off of from my Costco. It was delivered and I, I assembled this myself. Um, it, there's a longer story behind that, but the short, the shorter version of it is three bedroom house. My wife needed an office. 
we were working together and it just wasn't working. Me and you got kicked out all day. Her you got kicked was, out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really did. She was like, she was like, you don't, don't go away mad. Just go away. She, she <laughs> so, threatened to change the locks on the front door and, like, and you came up with an alternative. Yeah. There's a big stop sign on the door, you know, it's nothing right. too blatant, but enough to know that you're just not supposed to be here anymore. Been there. Um, yeah. So yeah, we were having our backyard landscape right after we moved into the house, which is before the pandemic. And as we were doing that, I'm like, it's a small space in the yard, but I'm like, yeah, maybe I've got some room to do something. I asked her if she would mind and it actually worked out great. So I had the shed, I had a pad port and I built the shed physically over like yeah, three or four months or something, but it's been really cool because I I've it's, it's like a culmination of a few things. It's allowed me to have my own space. I can come out here and get work done, whatever else, but it's also let me pour my like excitement for doing live video or edited video, whatever into the space I'm in. And again, going back to that sort of like career pivot too, it's let me also manifest who I really am into the space that I am. So I can, mm-hmm feel more comfortable about what's behind me. It doesn't, I used to be at an angle this way and I had certain things behind me. So it looked a particular way on customer meetings, et cetera. But all of that has sort of changed to feel no, like what you're seeing here is really just like, like if I took like word vomit out of my head and put it into the walls, (laughs) that's what this is. And I say that in a silly way, but I think really it, it helps me remember that this is who I am. Just be yourself. It's all symbolism. Like this is just helping me be myself. And I happen to love Star Wars, so there's just Star Wars here and here and here and everywhere, which is good. Let's, let, hold on, let, let's yeah. zoom in a little bit. Let, let's go ahead and <laughs> zoom in on. Uh, well, we don't need me in the screen here, but let's let's get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's everything, man. So I've got for anybody out there who's using Star Wars. So right here, there's some Jedi and Sith holocrons. There's uh, bobbleheads from the Star Wars Rebels TV show. There's some Legos right here on this side. You can see there are more Legos because I love Legos. Um, some of my favorite characters are up here. These are some prints from the latest Star Wars High Republic series that they just came out with. It's just begun recently. So, yeah, a little bit of everything. Well, more than a little bit of everything. I I love that. I do like Star Wars a lot. I do have one Star Wars tattoo, just one. Maybe it'll be more later. I'm sure there'll be more. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. If if you've got a full sleeve of beer, there will clearly be more Star Wars tattoos later. Yeah, (laughs) you, you have a full sleeve of beer. Barley and hops. You've got to at least put put some more oh, um, more yeah. attention into your your, your fandomness for for Star Wars. I yes, that's going to be a thing. You, you got to do that, but yeah, do that. absolutely. Okay, so um, we talked about the shed. We talked about. I, I, I want to dive a little bit more into uh, what you're doing in the shed again. So we talked about oh, obviously yeah. the at home video series, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal, and you, you just kicked off a Star Wars. Uh, oh, focus yes. show as well. So the Kessel Chat, the Kessel Chat. So have you actually filmed an episode? I know, I know you were you were hitting it. Yep, I have done two live streams. Uh, okay. Last Thursday and yesterday morning. So yesterday morning was episode number two. I go live on Thursday mornings at ten thirty a.m. on YouTube um, on the channel. I do it live specifically because it's a challenge for me. I wanted to make sure that like I've got some new. I got the studio set up now. I've got this little stream deck sitting in front of me, so I can kind of control my show flow. I'm like. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be live. I'm not going to try to make it forced. And you said it too. There's something, at least for me, there's something about live video that you you're like, oh, there's no script. I'm just talking and we'll see how this comes out. And if I flub, mm-hmm. it's actually kind of cool when you make mistakes, because I feel like when you're watching someone else and they make a mistake and then they just yeah. kind of keep going, you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. This person is just a person like me. All right, cool. I can, yeah, I can keep watching this. You don't feel like there it's really that forced, which is, to me, at least it makes it more fun. I want to make it a more human, like connectable thing. Um, I love doing it because I clearly love Star Wars. It's a big deal for me. 
but it's a big deal not because I'm just a geek for the thing. I am. I'm also a huge, huge fan of storytelling, like using stories to convey complex messages to people who don't understand them, whatever that happens to be. It's a big, big deal for me. And that's I, I've studied like. That's what we do all. See, that's that's why we align so much, because that's literally yeah. the definition of what we do on a day to day basis yeah. on, from a professional perspective. Yep. I, that's that. That's it, right? It's there. awesome, I'm, dude. Keep talking. I'm, this, yeah, so this, this is a, no. This is a short URL to your YouTube channel because I didn't want to put the long. So I, oh, no. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I love it because there's the space opera thing, and there's the hero's journey, and all those kind of concepts in the fiction that is. And I love, mm-hmm. for me personally, I love fiction much more so than nonfiction these days because I don't need to be buried more in real, real, real world drama so much anymore. Especially with 2020, I if I'm gonna read a book or watch a series, I want to lose myself for a little bit in something that doesn't mean anything that's just enjoyable. And then I can yeah. come back to the real world. So I've, I've gravitated a lot more to fiction stuff. Cause I'm like, I just need to disconnect from that. I don't need serious yeah. for a while. Um, but the Star Wars show has been really fun because I'm getting a chance to sort of wax poetic about storytelling and break down. If I'm reading a book or a comic book or whatever new series they put out, I like to break down like story components. Like, What's awesome about one of the books they put out, um, Claudia Gray is the author. She's put out a number of Star Wars books. She's an amazing author, but her book is called Into the Dark. And there's kind of, I don't want to say four main characters, but there are basically, there's one main and then three kind of main adjacent characters. And what's fun about them is when you start off the main character, he's a Jedi Padawan. So he's basically like an apprentice Mm -hmm. for anyone who's not into Star Wars. Um, His character is an apprentice, essentially. And you kind of start from his perspective. He's a little self-conscious. He has to work harder at things than other people do, et cetera. And so a lot of us can connect with those ideas because you're like, yeah, I've, I, I don't, I'm, I don't, things don't come as easy to me. I have to work harder at them. Yeah. And then he sees the other three that show up and he, you hear him view those characters and very, Oh, this person's really good at this. And this person's great and kind of sees them as on high. And then it switches perspectives to them and you hear their view of the same situation. And you realize they're no different than him. They have their own insecurities, even though they're far more experienced than he is. And I love that idea because what it's conveying is that all of us have our own insecurities and we're all dealing with our own things. Someone else sees you a particular way just because you don't see that doesn't mean they don't view you a certain way. And it's, it's helpful because it it helps to know that people do kind of look up to you for some reasons. It also helps you in realizing that the things you may be self-conscious about many people or most people probably don't ever see that. And I, I like that because it's a hard thing to discuss with people without getting too much into like things that people get defensive about. But yeah. you read a book like that and you start to see it manifest in a story and you're like, oh, I'm not sure why I connect with this, but I really relate to this. So let me ask. So, so are you consciously because because you're doing something and I don't know if you're if you know that you're doing it. You're, are you consciously looking to provide. I'm going to say a counseling session because, because really you're, 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 you're telling folks that, you know, you're, you're telling the story and it, and it's coming from a fictional base or whatever, whatever the case may be, but, you know, really can apply that to real world everyday situations. Yeah. And I can almost guarantee you the folks mm-hmm. that are listening to your show and hearing you go back and forth between just the, the comic book, the book, the, the manuscript, whatever you're reading. Mm-hmm. And they can relate that to literally trials, tribulations, uh, joy, successes, failures, whatever in their real world. You could be it's, those Thursday, 830 AM <laughs> sessions could really be, uh, you know, couch. Yeah, sessions with, with it is very intentional. I, I did that okay. very intentionally because I, so I do some campy stuff cause it's fun. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, why would you be here on, on Thursday? What's better than joining on another Thursday morning to talk about star Wars, more star Wars. I mean, 
So of course I'm going to be campy about it because it's silly and funny and why not? But I also like to do pick up. I do like to pick up those more nuanced topics because that to me is what makes it's what makes a like people who are into the Marvel cinematic universe or Mm -hmm. Star Trek, or there's a million other fiction game of Thrones, or, you know, I don't know. You pick any fictional type series that's been around for generations, decades, People don't connect to them just because these are good stories. And I, I like reading about dragons or space operas. Cool. I mean, maybe you do, but that's not the reason you keep rereading a book. It's not the reason you keep watching TV shows. It's not purely because they are just entertaining. There's always something more to it that is keeping you coming back yeah, to that. I like that. And for me personally, I like to really analyze that and understand that because I like to know what is it about the thing that you're consuming, video, text, whatever, that makes you want to come back and think about that because – if you can think about that and you can be self-aware of it, you can do something with that information. You can actively then go intentionally do something with what you just learned or what you just recognized about yourself. And so, yeah, in part, I like to, I, I want to intentionally bring some of that to light from these books because I think it can actually help people at least be a little bit more self-aware from themselves. So you're not just getting lost in a story. You're getting lost because, and you're recognizing it makes you feel a certain way and you can identify that because then you can recreate that more often. It's not just, I stumbled into a book and wow, I felt good. I don't know why that happened. And then you move on like, oh, that's how it helped me. I'm going to try to keep doing that more intentionally. Folks, I hope you guys realize Jeff's dropping some gems here on you. So this this is this is some good stuff right here. If I was logged in the Ecamm, I could do my sound effects, but I, I, I haven't fully turned that in I yet do for, have- for this show. I'll send it to you. I do have a box in the garage I bought for people, but I forgot to give away to of microphones about this big, but they're stress dolls so that you can specifically have a little squishy (laughs) stress doll microphone that you can just drop it. Do they, do they have Cisco written on them? They do not. They okay, because I, I could use them like during the day. It, I, would, I would really have some explaining to do. I was, <laughs> Turn you know. it around so nobody sees the logo. <laughs> but, you know, so what's, what's interesting, though, so Cisco actually sponsors a major partner program within my organization. So I, 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 I train and enable all of our partners here in, in NorCal about the Dell Technologies portfolio. And and, and Cisco is one of the main global partners for that. And I get asked every single time I get up on stage or, or turn on the Zoom and say, yeah, Cisco is, is, is our global sponsor. And, and I get kind of looked at with a, with a crazy eye, like, aren't you competitors? Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, we it's, we work together. It's all, we're, we're all part of the same. What do they call? What do they call You're uh, distant cousins, right? What do they you know, call Microsoft like, and Apple? I think, what's the term? Frenemies? I think something it's the same. Like that. It's something, the same something like that. Right? You know, we, yeah, we all get along. The companies, the, from the fact that we both sell technology, yes, there's a level of competition in certain product lines. Yeah. But then there's other product lines that are not competitive. And there's other activities that companies do that are not competitive. So to say that two companies are competitors, like blanket statement, it's never that simple. It's just, it, it just isn't that simple. Your your networking technology is is integrated deeply into some of our storage solutions as well. So look, it it, it, it I think that's better yeah. as well for um yeah we're we're both the eight hundred pound gorilla out there, right? You 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 Cisco's huge in terms of everything that you do, especially from a networking perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dell's huge in terms of all the other pieces of the data center. But if yeah. we don't work together. Uh, and you know what? We're, the, we're better for working together. I would just yeah. say that. And at the end of the day, when you speak about when you, especially, and you know this as well as I do, when you talk to customers or partners or anyone about technology, nobody has any of just one thing. That's, that's yeah. not 
that is not realistic. No mm-hmm. company has any, I am all Cisco or I am all Dell because there's a lot of yeah, stuff that's not you don't make or that you don't make or that this other company doesn't make. And there's other times where it just doesn't make sense to have all of one yeah. for a variety of reasons. So it's never as simple as we're going to win all the bit as a sales organization. We're going to win all the business. Like cool to say that, but that's not real. Like that's not how life actually works. Yeah, so. It's not really going to happen. Folks who have been in the industry for a while know a little bit better than that. Yeah. You, you can give us the rah, rah at the, uh, and, you know, at the and, national kickoffs and, and, and all those things. Cool. But it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting segue a little bit into the, the new role that I have because the teams, the, the folks that work for me now and that I'm the organization that I, I get to be a part of now a big part of that is enabling people to understand how to make what they own do more, not just by itself, but like using APIs and automation yeah. as an example yeah. to connect things more together, to expand on that. So you can take your current technology investment and have it solve more problems than you originally could with those things by themselves. And that involves the word you use, integration. Each thing is working together in different ways to solve unique problems that they couldn't do by themselves. And that's exciting. That's the fun part about this is getting them to do those things to solve a problem unique to that particular organization. And then another company can see that and learn from it and iterate on that and do something different. And that's that's a large part of what the, the people on my team do every single day is try to find those places where those integrations can happen and then show those to people so they can see what's possible and then take the next step. You know what? Let me put his website back up, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is Jeff Bull right here. You, 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 somebody need to go Google this guy, right? Because uh, he, he's definitely well, making, I mean, making good things well, happen. Those pictures, I, I, they're unintentional. And I, I'm kidding, totally kidding. <laughs> I haven't actually Googled myself in years. I should look. Hopefully there's no kilt pictures out there because that'd be oh, awkward. Well, well, hold on. Let, let me take a look. No. <laughs> We'll, we'll do that, and we'll do that maybe in an after show or something like there you that. Go. That's probably I, a good I, idea. Hey, well, sir, I I don't want you to get in trouble tonight. I I want you to go and be responsive to the needs of the other individuals in, in the household. Maybe you've got some grass to cut. I I don't I don't know what what what's happening tonight in the bull house, but um, and I don't obviously don't want you to trip over the steps heading out of your your studio because you, you had that eight percent um, <laughs> drink right there. Hmm. But I do want to know what's I'm next. Intermixing week. with a tankard of water as well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm being a responsible live video guy. I love it. I love. It. But but tell me, tell us what's next for you, right? Uh, Ooh, I mean, it, right. it can either be your shows, it can be uh, continued evolution of your uh, learning your craft, whatever the case may be. But tell tell the folks what you got going on next. Great question. Um, I think for me, the big one right now is it's top of mind is my Star Wars show. So I really want to. There's two things. They're a little superficial, but I'm really excited about them, which is I, I want to get, I'm continuing to build the rhythm for doing this live stream every week, making sure I do it, bringing value to the community and the audience that you know is is there with me every week and growing that audience so that I can continue to have an impact, which I'm excited about. And just have fun with it. Like have a good time doing something that I just really, really am excited about. It doesn't have to be super meaningful or what have you. It can just be fun and that's okay. And so I want to keep doing that. Um, one of my real goals right now is I want to hit hundred subscribers on YouTube. That's my goal. I think it was at 68 as of this morning. So I'm getting little increments and it's super awesome that people are supporting, but I really, really want to get to hundred subscribers and I, I'm going to plug this real quick. I don't have it with me in here, but um, for anybody out there who loves Star Wars, I have a copy of the new Timothy Zahn book, Thrawn Ascendancy sitting in the house. And as soon as I hit 100 subscribers, I'm going to be raffling that off. So if anyone's so inclined and would like to help me get to that 100 subscriber number, I am going to be raffling off a book for free that I will ship to anybody who wants it. What number did you think you were at? 
I think I'm at 68 right now. You got, you've got another one. You're 69 right now. Woo! So look at that. Thank it's you, a, community. I appreciate you. You know what? We're every, not every, worth, every, every, <laughs> we're not it, it may have been since, right, I got the link up right here. That, there you go. Someone I watching this show. I to you because this is where I've been for the last half hour, 45 minutes. So thank you. You and your community got me hold there. On. I appreciate let, it. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me refresh because it's uh, 69. Yes. Okay. I will take it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. But yeah, right. other than the live stream, professionally, my big thing right now is to really get keep growing in the role that I have now. I've been in the role for about five and a half months, which is a lot of fun. And I want to keep trying to have a positive impact on the people that I work with every day yeah. and the parts of the organizations that I'm responsible to kind of grow and figure out what the next steps need to be. So um, it's a little ambiguous to say that, but in large part, my responsibility is around, you know, helping out um not just our sales, our technical sellers in all the Americas and making sure that they understand the value of learning like programmability and automation of why that's important. Not mm. just, you know, we have a certification that's out. It's fantastic if somebody wants to go for that, but really the, the journey and going from, I don't understand these things, but I don't want to be a coder. That's totally fine. Learning how to write code isn't the, isn't the requirement. It's the learning that un, and understanding that things like APIs open up a whole new world for you to solve problems in different ways than you could solve before, which I think really is kind of that roadmap to business architecture that we really need to go for, for in our technical sellers, get to a people to a place of understanding the architecture of running a business and using technology to support that understanding what programmability or automation tools can do allows you to better solve those problems. So in large part, it's enabling the Americas part of our company technical sellers to be better at that. And then doing a lot of outreach to our counterparts in APJC because they just don't always get as many resources as we would like them to get. So in large part, I'm really working to help make sure that we can provide even more support to them and they can, they can advance their things in the ways that make sense for their countries and in, in that segment. So it's really cool. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of ambiguity, but that's the fun part. So that's why, that's why we get up and do it every single day. Right. Because, exactly. because again, if we were, if we were bored, uh, we'd, we'd stop and we go do something else and we're not ready to retire. And, 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 you know, if there's still value to, to provide, uh, get out there and, and get to it. Get to Absolutely. It. Yep. I love it. Jeff, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for taking yep. some time. I believe this was very valuable. I, I'm going to be selfish. I, I enjoyed it. And, and I, Dude. I'm, I'm sure the folks watching and listening to the, to the podcast afterwards, uh, will, will enjoy it as well, but, um, you're, you're a good man. Keep doing the good work. Absolutely. Uh, keep keep having those at home segments. Well, the Star Wars show as well, but those at home sessions Absolutely. are are amazing, right? I, again, just tapping into the mindsets of 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 the folks in, in in your circle and just letting folks tell their story, man. I wish you that but the best and keep keep uh, keep striving forward, brother. Absolutely, man. James, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, dude. Cheers, you got it, man. You too.